Ready. And now, your Family Matters Fantasy Football Podcast. With your league commissioners, David, Jonathan, and Stewart! Welcome to the show. This is your host, Jonathan. We've got David. We've got Stuart. Say hello, boys. Hey, yo. Hello, boys. <laughs> We're back at full strength. Uh, we've got our normal crew going again. Sorry, Daniel. We loved having you. Well, two of us loved having you yeah, on the show. I'm sorry that you guys had to listen to Daniel's uh, uninformed commentary, but I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be back. Be prepared for a podcast full of, of Stuart's comments. F bombs. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna get well, the he's NC, PG. You're gonna get the N C seventeen Stewart tonight, so uh enjoy. <laughs> oh, unbelievable. He you know, he doesn't take anything personally. No. Um let's start the show with You got mail. A little bit of mail. So we actually got some uh some mail based off of our week one matchups. Uh, this was from Preston and uh he writes, so I lost on the Van Der Esch, quote unquote, tackle slash forced fumble, end quote, when Daniel Jones, well, Daniel Jones's arm, it wasn't a well-written email, sorry. Daniel Jones' <laughs> arm hit his butt. <laughs> that was five points, three for the forced fumble, one for the tackle, plus it was his 10th tackle for a bonus point. So, uh I believe so. This is the email I, I told him to email in because I was getting text messages about what exactly happens when there's a discrepancy. Um, and the official, you know, obvious thought is we go by whatever the NFL stats are, whatever the official stats are. That is how it is what it is. There is no overturning by the commissioners based off of what we think may have happened. We are always going to default to what the NFL stats are. That said, individual defensive players have the most overturned or stat corrected stats of any fantasy football player. And that goes, that actually runs till Saturday of that week, which means you could actually begin, you actually will begin the next week's matchup if it's close enough with the previous week's matchup in doubt if it's that close. Um, so don't, uh, you know, that's something to check in if by that following Saturday from the previous week, the stat corrections are completely in and there's no change and it is what it is. Um, tough, tough break. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do y'all have anything to add to that? I mean, what a ridiculous email. <laughs> All right. Hey, I'm happy he emailed. We need, we need more emails. That's true. Yeah, let's it was ridiculous, but, but keep on emailing. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This sounds like a wow. Wow. To me. Um, no, this is a, it's a legit question. Um, I know there's been times through the years. I think two years ago, I was similar where I, I thought it was a sack and it didn't get credited as a sack originally. And I ended up losing by, I don't know, half a point. And I remember tracking the stat every single day, checking my phone because I needed the win that year too. To see uh, if it would get corrected. Correct. And so I was of the, I had a very strong, just watching the replay for whatever play it was. I can't remember the details of it now. Um, and there were a lot of stat corrections through the week. It's mainly defensive players. They start rolling in on Wednesday all the way through Saturday. Um, and that one actually didn't get changed in the, in the time. This is a unique one because this was the closest matchup of the week, not to jump ahead here, 
but it also involved two players on two other teams in which it would have swung. So the the question is is legit and it's similar to what I experienced two years ago. Um, but yeah, we're gonna defer to the NFL and what and what they um, what they say. And so I, I recommend that you, if you have that video, Preston, post it on the post it on the board and let's get uh, let's get some thoughts on what really happened. Send, or email Goodell. Yeah, you can try and protest it. Stewart, it went really yeah. well for the Saints. Stewart has a source in the NFL office. Yeah, yeah. The Saints got everything overturned and they're Super Bowl champs now, so I'm sure it'll go well. Yeah. Um, one other email that actually came in from from Preston. He sent two separate emails and this was a scoring uh, clarification as well. Um, or I guess his official email says there should be a change in uh, scoring for next year in not having uh, the 40 yard touchdowns and 50 yard touchdowns stack on each other. And if you actually look, so he sent me a screenshot. If you look at the way it's scored um, and if you look at the rule book, it actually states in there a 40 yard touchdown pass is worth two points. Excuse me. One point a 50 yard touchdown pass by, by any player, uh, whether it be a quarterback, running back, wide receiver uh, is worth three points. So because it's worth, because the way ESPN stacks those, we only gave it a two point value on the ESPN scoring system, knowing that it would stack to actually equate to three. So, so, it, so if somebody catches a 55 yard touchdown, it shows it as a 40 plus and a 50 plus. Is that correct? It does. But but you lessen the point value. It's not. We didn't go in and give the fifty yard touchdown uh, pass in the ESPN settings three points, knowing that it would stack. So yeah. it actually is still equates to the three points that it yeah. says in the rule book. Yeah. So just just point of clarification, that is actually correct. It looks confusing. It looks like you're getting double counted against. But if you go back and look and add up the points, it is um, actually actually accurate. Um. So good. So. I think that's all we have for this week's mailbag, but I do I do know that there was a point of contention from last week's initial uh, email that was that was sent in, and I want to give the floor to again this this podcast is going to be littered with these with these moments, but I'm going to give the floor to Stuart to defend himself from Mike Staffel's email. Yeah, do you happen to have that? Yeah, I was going to ask it. Can you? refresh my memory you didn't memorize it i thought you would have memorized it by now it's on it's on the wall right behind him so but for yeah. the audience for the audience given given along how, with mike's face that i throw darts at but. given how personally you <laughs> took it all right i'll read it again um hey Stuart, you are set up to win the league with 11 first round picks what are you gonna do nine tight ends and streaky mcstreakerson himself brandon cooks in all seriousness, I think Stewart will have a fine team, but the pandering to the rules committee chairman or whatever his title is is oh, overdone, gosh. and in my personal opinion, detestable. Be better, commissioners. On that note, I water bet John and David that he will not finish with a top three record this season. Now I'm done. 2015 champ and soon-to-be 2019 champ out. 2015 champ. I don't so, even remember how 2015. How ridiculous. Yeah. Well, a few things. I mean, the fact that they're bringing Daniel on and not a former champ and instead having the former champ just do a, a anchor bit uh, <laughs> uh, shows a little bit of kind of where they value Mike, I think. But um, yeah, in regards to that, I've got, I actually, I actually did print out the email and I have a special file folder that I like to, I like to put that in. So I'm going to. Just toss that over there. Well, 
That's gone. Yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. It's not really even worth commenting on, but I am I do appreciate you reading it again just that, to so that shot to the trash can looked like your team. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. off to the left a little right in the money. Yeah. Um well if you go back and listen to the episode, I think David and I defended your honor. I do slightly. I do appreciate that. Yeah. Because it actually was aimed at us. Um Yeah. And it really was. Even though he said Stuart. Well, he was talking about you, but he was really talking about our love for your team. And I, again, I deflected because I said I was talking about how well you drafted. I didn't say necessarily you would finish top three. David I, said I had you top three, but that. But Mike's email was really specific to what he was attacking was my drafting more and than your, anything and your else. character. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yes, it really sounds like your character was attacked. You're right, right. But then it was made up for because I've got a PG. Uh, character versus an NC-17 character. So. <laughs> well, it all balances out, I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we handled that finally. Did, um, did we ever get clarity on what that water bet might be for Mike? We didn't, and that's kind of on me. I didn't follow up with him. Um, I should have written him back. Um, he actually came over and borrowed uh, a socket wrench from me, and I totally forgot. I should have socked him right in the kisser. That's really yeah. what I should have done. <laughs> yes. Um, that's what I would have done. like what I was about to say. Uh, no, I will I will clarify that. Pow, right with, in the kisser. <laughs> <laughs> with our, our colleague and champion, uh, I will ask him if he does want to make a bet on that. Um, if he wants, to, and I think maybe well, do you have, do you have a counter? He I know. Do you have a counter to that? Uh, because I don't know. Do you feel? Con- I don't feel confident Stuart finishing top three. I was stating that his team was drafted really well. And that was why I backtracked. But I was hoping to get your thoughts. Yeah. Well, I don't think Stewart's going to win at all. So I don't know if I disagree with him. I do have Stewart as top three to start the year. That was based on just his draft capital. But knowing Stewart, how he makes moves, how he has losing records when he actually wins the championship and just gets lucky. See, that was my whole point. And yeah. not to take this coming down another from, rabbit coming trail. Coming from one 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 year <laughs> champion versus two. So he is the reigning champs. Let's, yeah. let's show a little respect. I know, I know, but he's only won once. So. But that was my whole point. Was the fantasy football is a year long thing, right? And a season long thing. So you can't just assume that someone does drafts really well and is going to win it all. Uh, unless you're Josh Bourne. He's the only one that's ever done that. Uh, this is, this is what I know. I know that I'm not going to finish top three and I know that I'm going to win the championship. It bodes well so. for you. You've never done well on top three. Yeah. I know this, and this is getting ahead a little bit, but power rankings for the week. I think I might be the highest on Stewart's team. Oh, see, it sounds like you really want to take a bet with, with Mike, I know it sounds like I do. It. You're dancing around, and it. I, I know I'm just sitting here looking at Stewart, kind of bashing him. But I really do like his team. I think he could win it all. Um, I think part of it depends on the whole Kittle and and Kelsey thing and how that plays out. That's a big wild card. I, you stated that you may trade him, you may not, um, and that could swing your team one way or the other pretty quickly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good insight. Kittle's right. on the market. Oh. Well, so is Antonio Brown because I don't know what's going on with him. So maybe we'll do a little swap ski. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on to our our segment we haven't done yet, our Bonehead Benching of the Week. Bonehead Benching of the Week. <laughs> Hopefully you guys can still hear us after that drop. Yeah, that's a loud what, one. What did you say? <laughs> uh, if your dad was on the show, he wouldn't have heard it. It's too high a pitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All right. So, you know what, David? I think you've got uh, you've got a very good uh, bonehead benching of the week. So let's hold off on you because you kind of run into our next segment too. So, uh, 
Stuart, do you want to start us off with your bonehead benching of the week? Yeah. Um, I, I think there's kind of an obvious one out there. Uh, the, there's a few that I, I picked uh, as possibilities, but I, I would think that Deshaun Jackson uh, sitting on the bench with 40 points. And I, if memory serves me right, I predicted that he was going to have a, a big game. And, and a, I think he's going to have a great season, um, be, especially being back in Philly. So uh, I would say the benching from our very own Jonathan Searles mm-hmm. uh, has got to be a, one of the bonehead benchings of the week. Yeah, and I'll say that's exactly the bonehead benching I was gonna I was gonna nominate myself with Deshaun Jackson. Um, really, I I I panicked. And I thought, you know, let's go safe with Philip Lindsay. And then Tyreek Hill got hurt and Deshaun Jackson was already playing. And then I thought, I thought, who's the next highest upside guy I could go with Marvin Jones. And, uh, he did not do well. He yeah. did very poorly. He was a low upside guy. He was a, he was a high downside guy, if that's a thing. Um, so that, that actually hurt. If, if I would have known, if I'd have had a crystal ball and known that Tyreek Hill was out, I would have started Deshaun Jackson, but nonetheless, to your credit, you did say Deshaun Jackson was going to have a great year, and uh, I did not listen. So there's yeah. how, how many points did he end up with? Uh, week? 40. 40.4. 40.4. So he's actually the wide receiver two right now, I believe. Which, uh, just an interesting note, and someone that I that could have easily gotten gotten the bonehead uh, benching of the week as well was Mike Staffel for benching Austin Eckler, who um, was the the player that had the the most points left on the bench with 41.6. So Eckler had 41.6 left on the bench. But um, as you kind of look through Mike's team, it it doesn't necessarily make sense that he would have started Eckler over um, his two running backs and the uh, Chris Carson and the flex. Yeah, the interesting thing comes now when he has to start deciding if he wants to take that risk. Right, so yeah, I mean, I th- could could Gurley be on his bench next week? I think now he's he, there's a warning out there for him. He could be the bonehead bench or bonehead benching of the week going forward because if he's gonna continue to outperform Gurley, um, then that is that which I decision. think is it. Which it's, I think it's is a, a realistic possibility. possibility. That's for sure. Uh, David, who's your bonehead of the week? Yeah, um, in Mike's defense on Austin Eckler, I wouldn't have started him either. I yeah. had I had the opportunity to draft Austin Eckler. I didn't. I think he went the next pick in the draft or soon after I was thinking about it or debating it. The reason I did is because I had him last year in the Melvin Gordon, and it was just a timeshare that I did not want to be a part of because I felt like I needed to have Justin Jackson as well. And so I was wrong about him. Um, so I don't blame Mike for, for benching him. Um, it didn't affect his matchup also. Um, but yeah, moving forward, it'll be interesting to see. It's nice yep. to have options, and he yeah. has some. Yeah, he does. Uh, but then it also, if you if you make the wrong choice, then you're you're, you're gonna be he's gonna be a weekly uh, <laughs> nominated staple. for the bonehead uh, benching G- of the week. Gurley's the one, right? Because Gurley could easily be held out of a game for his knee. Yeah, for Gosh, whatever reason. A, but weird. Not, yeah. yeah. So it's you know, good luck, Mike. So for my bonehead benching of the week, um, I have selected um, Alshon Jeffrey, who was on Preston's bench. He scored almost 20 points, 19.7, I want to say, which would have been more than his flex player, Stephon Diggs, scored. Um, I think he scored around five. 
Preston actually lost the matchup somewhere around five points. I would have started um, Alshon anyway because oh, we knew that over Diggs who? over Diggs over Diggs. Okay, so that's that's my bonehead benching. It, and because we knew Diggs had health concerns going into the week, he showed up on the injury report last week. And then on top of that, he could have mitigated me with Carson Wentz um, because that was my quarterback, knowing that that's most likely his who's going to be catching a touchdown. And so for those two reasons, and ultimately ended up in a loss for him if he would have if he actually would have done that. Yeah, and I think uh, it's hard coming off of a draft season or even in a keeper league when you keep a guy like Diggs to bench him week one if he's playing. Like he did have health concerns, but once they roll him out there, you're 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 thinking don't get cute. You're right, and it actually right. it actually hurts you. Um, given that you probably, I mean, you had a. I don't think anybody would have necessarily criticized him for starting Alshon over over Diggs. To your point. Right. I, I would have just sec- selected it mitigating the risk because I had Carson Wentz. Yep. And so I think that was just a my thought basis. process on a matchup basis, trying to limit the upside that ultimately I did end up having in Carson Wentz. Um, I think he ended up as quarterback four on the week. He could have slowed that down. Also, Diggs has an injury history. Whenever he's injured, he tends to not do well. So that was just my gut. But ultimately, it ended up in a loss. And so for that reason, that's my bonehead sit of the week well i think that leads us into our next segment actually very nicely chocolate moo moo milk winner of the week so chocolate moo moo milk winner is actually a loser uh, it's actually uh, a collective decision making process that led you to your loss um, it's you're either the worst owner of the week or you made bad decisions that led you to a loss um, and I think David actually brought up that scenario. So congratulations, Preston, on your first ever victory. Yeah. And the first chocolate <laughs> moo milk winner. Let's make sure we mark that down. We need to keep up with these moo moo winners. Yes. And and I do think that... It's a very part, scientific process, too. Yeah. I think part of the thing that made it fairly easy this week is just because of his his benching affected the outcome of the game, like David mentioned. Whereas, um, you know, we mentioned Mike with sitting Eckler. We mentioned Jonathan sitting Deshaun Jackson. Um, neither of those made a difference in the outcome of their matchup. Um, so Yeah, that uh, that's actually something we'll talk about here in a, in a minute with the recap of the week. The, the matchups this week were um, pretty polarizing except for, for David and, and Preston's matchup. So... Um, one more recap. We want to talk through uh, what happened with our water bets. Uh, so, yeah, David, you've got this pulled up, I believe, um, keeping track of the water bets. So David's going to give us a recap on me versus Ryan and also me versus him. Yeah, so there were actually two water bets um, last week. The first uh, was actually made on the um draft recap podcast um that was between uh, jonathan and myself we were going through our picks on the week um in which i boldly stated that jackson would beat mike searles by 50 points um mm. that ended up happening and then some can i just say real quick that <laughs> I, I told you this on the way over here i i lost and the, i'm gonna the score I'm gonna, was 212 i'm gonna to take my water yeah i'm gonna take my water in the face um but Never in my wildest dreams that I think Jackson would ever have our third highest fantasy output in week one of this year. Was it the third highest? <laughs> I was curious. Third highest of all time. Of all time. 
So it's amazing. So yeah, throw water in my face, but I don't feel like I, uh, you know, my dad put up a valiant effort. One thirty-seven. What was he the the seventh highest scorer on the week? Uh, yeah, I think seven after yeah. seven or eight. Yeah. So I did much worse than him, and uh, so did Daniel. But it's it's yeah. So I I felt uh, while I lost, I didn't feel I, I was more impressed with Jackson than I was yeah. down on on my dad for sure. Okay, so I'll take one in the face. So that was water bet number one. So hopefully I get to do it in the pocket is what I prefer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pocketeer. Uh, pocketeer. Um, and then I think the very next day there was a bet between Jonathan and Ryan. I think that stemmed from the podcast in which Jonathan was down on Devonte Adams. And the bet was made that Devonte Adams would be a wide receiver one for the week. Ryan bet that Jonathan bet against him being a wide receiver one. They also tossed out 16 points per game, but I think it was ultimately decided on uh, top 12 receiver. Both were close, right? Uh, yeah. He ended up as <laughs> wide receiver number 66. Oh yeah. There not, you go. not too close. Nope. Nope. Not at all. So sorry, Ryan. And, uh, as, uh, I think we actually brought this up on the last, uh, podcast with Daniel. Cause this is, this stat still baffles me. Ryan, that's his first water bit loss. Mm-hmm. So congrats on getting wet. Cause this is your first time getting water thrown in your face or in your pocket or in your back. Um, English channel, English channel. Gosh, I hope you spin that. Yeah. That'd be sweet. All right, let's move on and let's talk about the, let's kind of recap the week. Let's talk through what we saw in week one from, you know, whether it be a matchup perspective. So we've got some interesting stats on uh, some of the fantasy players uh, scoring wise by position. Uh, So Stuart, talk to us about the quarterback scoring that you noticed. Um, I I know you noticed that and wide receiver scoring. So um, just kind of let us know what you observed in week one. Yeah, so one of the things that I just was aware of as I was seeing these scores coming in on uh, Sunday were just the the high high scores, especially among the the quarterback and the wide receiver. Um, you didn't see a whole lot of crazy high scores with running backs, but um, so I I just pulled up the scoring for the quarterbacks and for the wide receivers. Um, and just made some observations, which I think are pretty interesting. If you look at the top 11 quarterbacks, uh, scoring quarterbacks this week, um, four of them are uh, unowned. Uh, Case, Case Keenum, Matt Stafford, Mariota, and uh, Dalton. And then you have um, three of them. I think that we're not played that are on, on a team, but we're not started. So what, what do you make of that? Do you feel like that's, those are players with promising seasons? Do you have those players that handy by chance? Are you who they were? The ones that weren't played. Yeah. So uh, while you're looking those up, Tom Brady. Oh, that's right. He was on my dad's bench. Tom Brady, which was it? Sure. Uh, I mean, he, Aaron Rodgers. He started Aaron Rodgers, yeah. right? Which Aaron Rodgers Which he is took in the first round, so you better play him. Way down the list. Um, it's down there with Devontae Adams. We have Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Deshaun Watson was not played, um, but instead that yeah. was that was Lewis. Dak, that was, Dak played. And, and That was a didn't matter kind of situation. Right, yeah. In a good way. Dak ended up with 46.8 and... Uh, Watson ended up with 33. It was the right play. So 
Yeah. yeah. So I would venture to say one of those should be on the trading block. <laughs> uh, Lewis. Lewis. Um, and then uh, Philip Rivers, I think, was on the bench. Wasn't he on uh, Mike's bench? Uh, yeah, I South believe so. Is that, he, did, he, did he start Kyler? Or yes, he did start Kyler. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did start Kyler. That Which Kyler well. Kyler started out uh, looking horrible. Yeah. Um, and ended up. Kyler had twenty five point three points. You're yeah. gonna get that with Kyler though. He's gonna it's gonna be like it's gonna be just lightning striking with him. I feel like he can put up points in a hurry, but he may he may just struggle for three quarters and then just put it all in one quarter. Um. Okay. What about the wide receivers? I thought this was an interesting stat you brought up. So, of the top eight wide receivers five of them are currently on waivers that's exactly right yeah which which is going to make for an interesting uh waiver <laughs> waiver week for sure well do uh, you believe those players are i mean clearly I think they it, put up the they put up those numbers right so someone's going to take a chance on them but do you believe it's fool's gold or do you feel like they're authentic i think there's a few of them that fantasy stars i think a few of them definitely could be these diamonds in the rough that okay. just got missed um I don't know if I want to say who it is because <laughs> I might be picking them up. I, I'm bidding $10 on all of them, so you have to at least bid more than that. Perfect. Yeah, but I think John Ross and Marquise Brown are both both guys that... Um, They're intriguing. Yeah. Did y'all know Brown is Antonio's cousin? Yeah, I heard, I heard that on uh, ESPN or the broadcast no, or something. I thought you were joking the way no, you were No, it's real. Uh, and his nickname's Hollywood. Yeah. Is it running the family? They're pro- he's probably pretty humble and selfless. It's Philip Dorsett, Tony Dorsett's son. He is. Um, no one knows. Okay. No one um, really knows. So, but then of the of the three other wide receivers that were on teams, um, only two of them started. We already discussed the Deshaun Jackson debacle, but uh, Deshaun Jackson was the number two with forty point four points. Yeah, we don't need to talk about and him. And was on the bench. DeAndre Hopkins played, had 31.1. And then the winner of the week for wide receiver was Sammy Watkins with 49.3. There's so much there that I just want to just, I want to kick this mic because that could have been Tyreek Hill. And then he got hurt. He broke his. So uh, we'll actually have uh, Dr. Katie Searles on later this week, potentially to kind of break down a little bit of these uh, injuries that occurred. Uh, We've got some interesting ones with, uh, I know Darius Geis, you're interested in that one, Stuart. Uh, we got Tyreek Hill and some other. Um, and I just saw that Pat Mahomes got injured. Yeah, he injured his uh, he when he was tackled. He injured his yeah. ankle. It was it almost looked like an E version ankle sprain, meaning it not it didn't roll out. It rolled in, and those are scary because those can generally be more serious and even lead to a fracture when those occur. Um, the fact that he kept playing and they taped it up, that's a good sign, I guess. But you never know with ankle sprains; they can. They can be pretty scary. So I'll let um, I'll let Dr. Katie Searles uh, elaborate more and talk through the potential recovery times of those specific players. If you're hearing this and you uh, again, if you're hearing this for the first time and and you'd like for us to discuss those with Dr. Searles, send us your emails. We'll gladly talk through them for you. Um, lastly, were there any? So I guess we kind of talked about this. Um, or we foreshadowed it or whatever. We talked about how there weren't very good matchups this week um, across the board. It was pretty one-sided for the most part. You kind of knew the winner, um, you know, fa- fairly in advance of the end of the, the last slates of games. 
Um, but the only one that that hung in the balance through Monday night was David and Preston, and that Texan Saints game was unbelievable. Yeah, th- uh, that was the um, first time on a Monday night football game that there were two lead changes in the last minute of the game. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so I I began to I wasn't texting the group because I started sweating profusely. Um, <laughs> Your going fingers in, were slipping off. They the were phone. slipping. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was watching. I was trying to put a kid to bed and watching on my phone. It's getting a little hot in this um, right And so I I think going into the into the game, I was up around thirty points on Preston. Um, Drew Brees was projected for twenty three. Um, I didn't feel too good about that. Through the first three quarters, Drew Brees, I think, had 11 points. And so yeah. half of his projection. The first half was rough. The first, first half, I think he had three or four points. Yeah. So I was feeling pretty yeah, you're good. You're like, this is going to be a breeze. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and Welcome then back. the fourth quarter came, and I looked through three quarters. He had 11 or 13 points. And then I guess he scored in the first five seconds of the fourth. Mm-hmm. I wasn't watching at that point. I'm like, whoa, they scored already? And at that point, I think Preston pulls in within six points of me. And there's a whole quarter to go, uh, or 10 points, or something like that. And then they get down to two minutes. New Orleans is up at this point, and they Houston has three timeouts. And so all New Orleans needs to do is run the ball three times and get a first down, and the game is over. I win, go home. They run the ball three times, they use all three timeouts, and they don't get the first down. So I start sweating because I know Houston's going to get the ball back and going to drive down the field. So I was hoping that they would just stop them. Well, two plays later, Deshaun Watson, who, by the way, is amazing in these clutch moments. Um, I think that yeah. goes back to Clemson. Yeah. His Clemson days. Uh, two, I mean, they were long throws. A touchdown. I'm like, oh, my gosh, they just left Drew, B- Drew Brees 30-something seconds or whatever it was. Go on. They missed the extra point only to be a uh, personal foul. Which I'm like, oh no, that's even worse because now it's going to go to overtime. Yep. And then I guess there was a personal foul, which then they end up making the extra point. And so I knew at that point they had to at least get a field goal. They were probably going for the field goal versus potentially kneeling and going into overtime because they were at home as well. Yeah. And so I'm playing all these circumstances in my mind. <laughs> yeah, because I thought that I'm too. only up by three points at this point because Drew is chunking it around. Which, by the way, he was surgical it was, to get down into. It I guess way a, too easy. Yeah, and but and, part of that was. What I I what feel the like with yeah Houston's t- defense was it just and didn't make sense no yeah it was a poor plan so JJ Watt had zero tackles because I uh, played I against him that. he had zero points mm-hmm. he didn't do anything well, they neutralized him it was very Bill Belichickian yeah there were a couple of plays where he got on the backfield and I think disturbed the play which is unfortunate because that I would like to see some points tied to that I know it's hard we've tried to look at tackle for losses on defensive linemen yeah. specifically. Because um, he did have an impact Keep throughout the game. Yeah. I know it'll show up as zero on the stat line. That's just the nature of the position. Yeah. But, yeah, I was sweating going through, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, Drew Brees is going to go down. And I, all they needed was a first down. And so it's just funny how all these circumstances play out. You didn't think he, they were going to go score. They scored. And then, fortunately, they uh, ended up with a field goal, and the game game was over. So. Well, I remember uh, Dabo Sweeney talking about Deshaun Watson and comparing him to Michael Jordan, and that's what it felt like in yeah. that moment. I mean, it what was did he like, say? I don't know why nobody's drafting the Michael Jordan of this draft. Yeah, and I thought, like I was like, what an odd yeah. comparison, because I don't, like, obviously basketball and football are vastly different in that you can only control your side of the ball when you play on the field, 
But seeing him, like, if there is a position that could do that, it's the quarterback, right? And seeing him make those plays. And the Saints' defense at that point was playing really good. Mm-hmm. That secondary was good. That The pass rush was amazing. And he knew he was going to take a hit. And he he just put it right on the dime to Kenny Stills, who just was gifted to them from the Dolphins because the Dolphins don't care about football this year. That was his only catch of the game. Only catch of the game. And uh, welcome welcome to Houston, Kenny Stills. So uh, yeah, it was a great game, though. Yeah, uh, it really was. Yeah. yeah, and I I kept thinking with the missed extra point that if that actually probably hurt the Texans more that they went and kicked yes. it again, right? Yeah, exactly. And went up one because if they yeah. would have stayed tied, then New Orleans probably would have. New Orleans they run, have tried, tried they to run one play. If it doesn't go for 15 yards, then they might be content with just knee, taking yeah. a knee because they're at home, too. Yeah, They've got the crowd. Well, yeah, you don't take points off the board, but you also don't play a prevent defense to where you let them get into field goal range and then at home kick a game. Right. That, that didn't make sense. Uh, that was poor coaching at that And point. the commentators, uh, uh, I forgot what that guy's name is. No, they're bad. <laughs> but Boog. <laughs> But he, um, yeah, that's who I was Booger. thinking of. Booger. But but they talked about why are they in that prevent defense mm-hmm. with they had like fifteen yards to get in field goal range, and yeah. they they had guys standing thirty yards back. Yeah, I feel like yeah. they were getting decent pressure on Drew Brees most of the night, and then they kind of found something that worked. And it, I guess they were just like, well, we can't give up a big play, so let's just give up these fifteen yard chunks. Drew was like, fine, I'll take. 45 yards and then kick a field goal. It's perfect. I feel like if it was the Patriots uh, with Deshaun Watson, they would have found a way to get tackled at the one yard line and run the clock down to not give the other team time. Right. Uh, if anything, we're talking about how good Watson was. He scored too fast. Right. Yeah. Um, if he would have probably scored, it took another 10 seconds off the clock. New Orleans, I don't know if they get far enough to kick a field goal. So that's it's kind of one of those. I did think that was one of the best. I, I don't know that there's going to be a better football game. This whole season. Well, I mean, it was. A I great wish that game. was the Thursday night was, game because I was so excited for Thursday. Was, I was about to yeah. say it Thursday was. Sucked. I was about to say it's fitting. It bookended the one of the worst games of the weekend, which was the Bears Packers. Yeah, and so that's that's funny how it progressed all the way to the best game of the week. The last. I'm curious. Where do y'all rank? Game. Just just real quick. Where do y'all rank Deshaun Watson as far as quarterback coming through in the clutch? I think there's probably a top five currently got, in the league. Currently in the league. Um. Man, it's hard to take guys like Brady and Brady exactly. out of there, because when you're saying clutch, you're you're assuming games on the line. You've got one drive, right? It's not you're coming back from like t- three touchdowns down, yeah, right? Yeah. So one. I would drive, think Brady has to be at Brady's, the top of that. I would put Brady number one, but I think I would put Watson number two. Mm. The way he got down there and scored, Drew Brees was surgical. He was a bunch of dimes in the middle of the field, saving his timeouts. His awareness of the situation obviously speaks to how long he's been in the league. Whereas Deshaun Watson, he needed a throw. It kind of reminds me of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is so good at the Hail Mary. Yeah. He's better, maybe the best in NFL history at the Hail yeah. Mary. I think Deshaun has a certain quality. When he needs a big play, he can get it. I don't know if Drew Brees, if he can get that big play when he needs it. Yeah, you know, he had that. They're obviously both great. Watson had that 40-something yard pass. That final to, drive to Hopkins, it was to Hopkins, Hopkins over over his Hopkins head. over the shoulder, and then Stills bang bang. Yeah, and it was only two plays. Two wasn't plays. It? Yeah, I'm I'm changing my vote. Uh, not Brady Gardner Minshew. <laughs> All right, and with that, we are out of here. Talk to y'all next time. <laughs>